Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, an interview with singer-songwriter Andrew Peterson and his latest book called A Ranger's Guide to Glipwood Forest. I have a high regard for the way stories work on us in our hearts, and it's part of the way the Lord made the world, is that Jesus told his parables, but he didn't always explain them. He, he let the story do its work on its on his audience. And so in that same sense as a writer, I was like, I just want to write the very best story that I can write. And and then I have the, the pleasure of seeing what the Lord chooses to do with that. Patrick Herman talks with Andrew Peterson next. For fans of the Andrew Peterson book series called The Wingfeather Saga, you'll be happy to know that the series continues, sort of. My guest today on His People is author Andrew Peterson. Andrew, thanks for being with us on His People. So glad to be here. Thanks. Now, along with your music, of course, there's this massive, I would call it a massive undertaking called The Wingfeather Saga. So let's start there. Can you tell us what that's all about? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like you said, music was kind of my main job early, early for 25 years or so I've been doing music. And in the meantime, you know, I'd always kind of nursed this dream to be an author one day. And, and uh, when my kids were old enough to be an audience, I, I started writing this book series. It took me about 10 years to write. And uh, it's been just the most amazing journey. So turning it into an animated TV series and all that kind of stuff. And so one of the fun things has been uh you know as the series has grown um there's been like people asking about extra books like fun extra stuff i mean this the canon of the story is kind of closed but the story mentions all these kind of little books that have been written along the side and so somebody had the idea to write a guide to to glipwood forest which is the scary forest near the uh near the igabies in the in the first book and so i just had the best time uh writing uh an imaginary really dangerous guide through this this dark and twisty forest and uh and the fun funnest part about it to me was that my son aiden who has, is a professional illustrator now has been drawing wing feather stuff since he was a kid and now they the publisher hired him to be the illustrator so that's how, you know and I, I have one of the copies right here but uh i just love this this front cover with the little toothy cow that's just hiding a little bit behind one of the big trees it's so good it's so good yeah, yeah it's aiden hilarious Wonderful. Is he's a very good artist. We're going to talk about him in a moment. But you know, you just mentioned something about uh, music was your first twenty five years. But are you doing? You're do, You're still doing music. Yes, I'm. I'm definitely still doing music, and I still love it. It's it's uh, fun because I I still do the Christmas tour and the Easter tour, and then in between, you know, I'll do one off, um, you know, solo shows, and and I still love it so much. Um, I don't have the the drive to put out record after record after record, you know. Um, partly because I just like singing the old songs. Yeah. And I, I comfort myself with the fact that when I go see James Taylor, I don't really care about his new songs. <laughs> I want to hear his old stuff. So I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just going to keep doing this stuff. I, I am writing songs and I hope to go back into the studio. But um, but yeah, it's really fun to have a um, an outlet for, you know, that scratches both itches. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, and you, it keeps you busy. You must be like one of those guys who, like a juggler, likes to have a lot of balls in the air. Right? I do, yeah. And so it, it, there are times when my, my wife wants to kill me because of that. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do like like doing more than one thing. So this book that you've written, is it The Adventures Not Over for the Igaby Children, or is this for their descendants, or is this just for a whole another group of characters? Yeah, so I, I thought it would be fun to go back in time like 500 years 
And, uh, you know, there's one of the things I love about, um, I mean, Lord of the Rings is like the, the pinnacle of this, but this feeling that the, the world has its own history, you know, that it's yeah. a lived in world, you know? Um, and I think it's funny. I've, I don't know why I'm saying this, but in Star Wars, <laughs> you remember in the early Star Wars that we grew up with, like the X-Wing fighters were kind of beat up, you know, yeah. they look lived in and you're like, oh, there's a story there. So in the same way, um, you know, the main wing feather saga mentions all these, you know, the kids happen upon ruins and they see things. And so it's been fun to go back and go, I wonder where that ruin came from and, and write the story of the of the first group of rangers to tame Glipwood Forest. That's that, what it's about. That is so cool. So the, the time frame is 500 years before what we read in the wing feather saga. Right, it's something like that. Yeah, I, there's there's not a specific date, um, but yes, it is it is in the previous epic. Now it makes me it begs the question. I think you know if you're going to do a ranger's guide to the Glipwood Forest, are you going to do a, a like a nautical guide to the 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 dark sea, <laughs> the of, dark darkness? sea of darkness? Yeah, <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, but um, yeah, I mean it, it's kind of fun. Um, there's a there's a uh, a part of this Wingfeather saga kind of lore is this faraway place called the Dune Lands, which are kind of like, you know, like Middle East, you know, I imagine scimitars and that kind of thing. And uh, I, I mentioned in, in Ranger's Guide to Glipid Forest, there's a footnote that mentions the Ranger's Guide to the Dune Lands as a way of making me go, ooh, that would be fun to write. For uh -huh. um, we'll see how this one does, and then maybe I'll write it. All right, so the main thing for this is the ranger's guide to the forest itself and the mysteries that it holds, and even the secret of, of Glipwood Forest. Is that right? I don't. I'm not yeah, asking you to give yeah. away anything, but I do want to know, kind of, you know, more, I need to know more. Sure. Yeah. It's it's mainly. It's funny that the book is uh, the the foreword of the book is is written by uh, this character Alistair B. Pembroke, who wrote Pembroke's Creaturepedia which is another one of these kind of like bonus books for the Wingfeather Saga. And uh, that that's a reference to that. But man, honestly, with this, this book and with Pembroke's Creaturepedia, it's it's like the Wingfeather Saga is hopefully this book that is, you know, pretty potent with meaning, but also fun. And uh, and so this was just honestly me sitting down going like, how what would 12-year-old Andrew most want to write right now? And so it was just a fun fun way to explore the forest. And it has a, uh, uh, there is a storyline, you know, a, a soft storyline in the thing. But it's mainly just for that 12-year-old boy or girl who just wants to get lost in the forest again. Yeah. You know, and, you know, so we're talking about, you know, you're a Christian. The things you're doing are Christian. And I know in this different world, uh, it doesn't necessarily use the word Christ or Christian, but you uh, have subtleties in there throughout. Tell tell me how yeah. you bring in that. Yeah, it's funny. I, I was doing an interview um, uh, last month, and somebody it, it was with a, a mainstream publication, you know, and they were like, "So, does your faith inform your work?" And mm. I said, "Well, yes. If if." my faith informs all of my life or it wouldn't really be faith, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so in that sense, I was like, uh, I, I loved reading. Like I'm, I'm a little bit allergic to like Sunday school lessons snuck into, into a good story. You know, yeah. I think I have a high regard for the way stories work on us and our hearts. And it's part of the way the Lord made the world is that, um, you know, Jesus told his parables, but he didn't always explain them. He, he let the story do its work on its on his audience. And so in that same sense, as a writer, I was like, I just want to write the very best story that I can write. And and then I have the the pleasure of seeing what the Lord chooses to do with that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and so in this world, you know, I wanted there to be a maker with a capital M. 
And so all of the the characters, even the bad guys, kind of uh, acknowledge the fact that we all had to come from somewhere. And and the good the, there's a sense that the the maker is good and that his purposes are good, you know. And so it, given that, the story kind of unfolds in its own way, and then the themes emerged as I was writing. And so, and I know there's a lot, there's a lot of the ideals of the morals, ethics that that are brought in with uh, at least with the the wing feather saga, uh, the kids, what they go through and what they have to endure. I mean, yeah, there's there's, but again, I would just argue that like, it's funny. I probably should my my manager might be mad at me for saying this, but like in the in the animated series, um, I and and the, the and not mad at me, but it's it, it's a nuanced conversation, but. In the animated series, there are moments in the scripts that I review, you know, for each episode yeah. um, where a character will stop and be like, and now I will give you the lesson that we are all learning here. And I always write a note that says in all caps, no teachable moments. Yeah. <laughs> no teachable moments. Like, let the story be a story. And then the mom and dad, after they watch the episode, they can sit down with their kid and say, yeah. hey, what do you think about this or that? But in the story, the, like nobody, if they're really running away from lizard fangs that are trying to kill them, are gonna stop and then explain the morality of what's happening. They're they're running away to survive. And yeah. so I, I really think the story needs to exist in, on that level first. Yeah, I agree. I think that's, that's a great way of, of looking at things. Now, you so you're making this prequel, or not really even a prequel, but just a prequel for the forest itself. Uh, uh -huh. <laughs> any, any kind of sequels? I need to ask that too. Uh, man, I, the kids ask all the time, and I, I there is a slim chance that I uh, I could have an idea and write a, a, another series. It sounds kind of fun to write another big story in the same world. Like yeah. the work is done, <laughs> yeah. You know, the world's been built, so it's kind of kind of fun to imagine exploring it some more. But but if I do, it won't be a continuation of like the the Wing Feather Saga. I would imagine going a thousand years into the future. And I am curious to know, like, how the event, uh, the events of the Wingfeather Saga might have affected the world a thousand years from now. Mm -hmm. uh, but, and, but I have other stories I want to write too. Really, you want to yeah. give us a sneak peek on those? Uh, well, I, I would, but um, I, the publisher, it's funny, I signed a book deal a couple of years ago for a standalone young adult adventure story, Yeah, and it's two years late, and so I, if I I can't spoil anything now. Um, or, They'll have your uh, head. Tell the publisher before I tell the audience here. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, let's talk about your son, because you got to work with him on this project, and it is chock full of, of great illustrations. I think you did a lot of the artwork in, in the, the first uh, four books. Did, did you I do did some? Yeah, I, I did some. I drew the maps and did a few creatures here and there. And but like I said, he was a kid. He he's been drawing. You know, I remember teaching him to draw. Yeah. Like because that's what I wanted to do before I was a musician or a writer. I was I wanted to be a Batman comics penciler. Oh. That was my dream. And then I realized I wasn't good enough at it. But I always loved good illustration. And I was like, let me teach you, young man, how to draw. And within about a week, he was drawing better than I was. Um, and so it's been really fun. He's kind of my teacher. He was literally at my house today dropping off his daughter. We babysit on some some days. And uh, and he was I was asking his advice on a painting I had just painted. So he's my he's my professor now. Oh, that's great. Um, it's just amazing. Yeah, he's great. So he the, your kids, you have three of them, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. they, and they grew up with these three characters that you created. They did, and weirdly, there there are certain character traits that they ended up in a strange way emulating. Um, I, you know, and I made sure the kids knew, like these kids, they're loosely based on you, but they're their own characters, you yeah. know. But there are things about the characters that I was like, wow, I couldn't have known that 
like my daughter Sky was going to grow up to be a singer songwriter, and she, she you know was the inspiration for Lily, the song maiden. And so, uh, yeah, the the kids have all gr grown up kind of swimming in this water. So it's got to be weird for them to like watch the TV show and know, um, you know, there's these three kids that were kind of inspired by them. I don't know what that's like. I know so it's just it's neat to have that legacy that you've kind of created for them. Your your daughter though, she's singing with uh, the Gettys from time to time. I think I've seen yeah, her there. Yeah, yeah. she she sang she, a couple she, songs or one of your songs. Yeah, uh, no, it, it was her stuff. She's she's one of their main songwriters now, and um, and is also doing her own kind of singer songwriter stuff. So that girl is busy. She got married a week ago. No, that's great. Yeah, she and her husband, who's also a songwriter, um, they're they're on tour all the time. I mean, she's just a, it's a it's a joy to watch. Oh, I'm at the part that. of my life where I'm like kind of tired of touring. I, I like doing shows, but like the travel is like, whoo, man, it wears you out. Um, but then she's at that like young, vigorous, I want to see the world and I'm going to play every time I can, you know? Yeah. So it's just been a joy. And the Gettys have been so kind and generous to her. So yeah. it's fun to watch. Getting back to your son, Aiden, who did the illustration, what's your, your favorite, your, maybe your favorite character that he's been able to portray or what do you, what do you yeah. like best? Yeah. That's a good question. Uh, man, flipping through the book, it, you know, there are all these little vignettes, you know, yeah. little spot illustrations through the thing. But the thing that made me the happiest was in the front page, uh, it's got, you know, the, the in the the world of the book, it's written by Owen Groverly and it's illustrated by his son, Jonas Ponius Groverly. And, uh, <laughs> and on the inside, uh, first couple of pages, he's got a portrait of the two of Owen Groverly and Shona's Ponies, and it's me and Aiden. It's like this rugged, bearded, there's a scar going across my face like I'm this like uh, like warrior guy. So that's my favorite one. I just love the fact that he put a portrait of he and I in the beginning of the book. And you didn't know he was going to be doing that? No idea. Yeah, and, you know, just, and I and I love that too because uh, on his, the picture of him, he's the artist, and he has yeah. instead of a pencil stuck behind his ear, you know, he has a a quill of some sort, to, yeah. an ink uh -huh. quill. I thought that was very creative. Yeah. Very good job. And so he is, how old is he now? He's 25. Yeah, he's 25 and uh, married. His wife is also uh, an artist, amazing, amazing artist. And they both, uh, in addition to all the other, their other work, they're background artists and character designers for the Wingfeather Saga show. So again, like what a tricky yeah. life he's had to have grown up with these books. And now he's like, you know, one of the main, main uh, background painters for the, for the show. And then my other son, Asher is a record producer and he he's producing Sky's music. And so uh, we just pinch ourselves. It's just so yeah. fun to watch your kid do, do, do good work. Well, you, you know, they've, they've, it sounds like they've, they've taken a lot from you watching you and, and following in your footsteps to some degree, hopefully, maybe. Hopefully they're, they've watched my mistakes and they're, yeah. they're, they're doing it better than I did. You know, which one was, you just remind me of your song from years ago called You'll Find Your Way, which is about one of your sons, yeah. right? Which, which song yeah, was that, that about? It's about Asher, the the record producer. Yeah, and it, yeah, I sing that song all the time. I, on his birthday, if I'm on the road, <laughs> I record myself singing it for him. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. He's a, he's a good one. Tell us a little bit about the book with the the places of Glipwood Forest that you go to. You said something about the ruins that were mentioned in the saga, but what are some of the places? Give us some uh, highlights of the book itself of what people will experience. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll just say that like part of the idea for the book came from uh, my my love of walking footpaths. I love walking uh, in England, especially like if you've ever been to England, they have these like public footpaths that crisscross the country. And it's the most like a hobbit anyone can ever feel is when they're just wandering past cows and farmers. And 
And so uh, one of my the things I love is you can buy these little guidebooks that will walk you past, you know, famous landmarks. There's an Iron Age fort here and, <laughs> you know, there's a stone ruin of a castle here. And uh, and so I wanted this book to be like that. So little bits of history interspersed um, with the adventure. And uh, anyway, the one of the ones that I love is um, uh, Ankle Jelly Manor shows up in in book one. And it's it's it features prominently in uh, season one of the show. And there's this cavern, uh, not a cavern, a, uh, a cellar, like a storage cellar with, with hiding a cache of weapons in the in the books. And uh, at one point in the Glipwood Guide, they um, the adventurers like happen upon a cave. And he mentions in passing, yeah, there's this cave called Ankle Jelly Cave. It would make a good cellar if anybody ever built a house here one day. You know? <laughs> uh, there's little Easter eggs like that kind of sprinkled through the story. That's hilarious. Well, can we talk a little bit about the animated series? Yeah. All right. I, I, I know it's a TV series. How many are there? And, and is it finished? Or is it ready to go? And how do you access it? All those questions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so angel.com is where you, you can see it. Angel Studios. They're the ones who made The Chosen and... Um, we got we had the honor of being one of their next shows and um and so we had this amazing crowd funded crowd invested kind of model you know to get the thing off the ground and it was about a six year journey of me and this producer trying to you know shopped it at netflix and amazon prime and kind of like you know ha made a real run at it and kept doors kept closing and we kept feeling like maybe maybe this isn't supposed to happen and then out of nowhere during 2020 the the angel studios guys read the books and and we had some meetings with them and they were willing to like help us make the show and give us total creative control um make the show that we really wanted which wouldn't have happened if we'd gone with one of the big studios yeah and so yeah we we had ten thousand people uh come out and invest in in season one and part of season two so it was just this amazing like i cried 15 times in the process it was so overwhelming to see these people come alongside and then the team uh we built this animation studio and and you know people came over from pixar and disney and different places to, wow. to join the team and made a really beautiful season one so season one is out we're we're deep in the making of season two which will come out early next year and then uh we actually have started season three too so okay <laughs> right before I, right before i got on this call i was i was uh recording scratch vocals for oscar nostratip one of the characters that i play in the show oh fun now, how many seasons do you think it has to go uh, we have it mapped out for seven seven so, so seven seasons will tell the entire saga um and you know each season is six or seven episodes so if we can you know by the time we get to the end there will be this like massive epic you know yeah. artifact that exists in the world and in a way that i don't know that anybody's ever done before so, so i cool. can't wait that is so neat you know i got a chance to interview rich mullins brother dave mullins uh, a couple oh, of months yeah. ago and we were talking about this series because i guess at one point you were looking at the bard that's in the wing wing feather saga as rich mullins himself oh and yeah so i wrote i wrote rich into the story for sure <laughs> i love that yeah that was a trippy thing because the you know i i, I wanted to kind of honor rich was my songwriting hero and um still is and uh, and so the, yeah, there's a bard that shows up named Armulin the Bard, uh, which is spelled A R M U L Y N, but it sounds like R Mullen. Um, oh yeah. And so uh, and he's barefoot and he's got a scratchy voice and he sings about this faraway place that he's homesick for, and you know I had a few people 
email me after they read the books going like this guy sounds familiar is this supposed to be rich mullins i was like his name is r mullen and then the light bulb goes on <laughs> so in the animated series of course we wanted him to look vaguely like rich and then uh i've met dave mullins a few times and i sent him in a text and i was like you want to do the voice of of this guy and he was so cool about it he came in so it's it's eerie because he sounds so much he talks so much like rich yeah he does know? yeah um, it was very cool for him to be in the show how many you you have quite a cast of characters though don't you i mean there were a lot of people yeah. that you brought in for that yeah man that we had you know billy boyd from lord of the rings the guy that played pippin he's in season two um kevin mcnally who's uh what's the guy's name in, in pirates of the caribbean the, the the like the johnny depp's side man the pirate who tells the story uh mr uh, i wanted to say mr smee but that's peter nope. pan yeah anyway he he's Poto, the pirate guy. So it's been really fun to kind of like see these, you know, Hollywood uh, big actors come in and, and be a part of the thing. The coolest one was that uh, there's a guy. Um, so I I was writing the Wingfeather Saga when Lost was on, the show Lost. Yeah. Back before it ended, everybody was so into it and trying to like know like what is, how is this show? What's the mystery? And uh, Henry Ian Cusick is this guy that plays uh, the character Desmond. Who who sat in the in the uh, what is it called? He was like in that little um, shelter pushing the button yeah. every day or whatever. Yeah. And he was this kind of crazy Irishman, you know, had a wild look in his eye. And he inspired the character of Pete the Sockman in the story. I huh. was like, I want if I could cast a movie, Pete the Sockman would be played by this guy, you know. And so I wrote him in as the, in my mind the guy. And then when we made the show, I was like can we can you know the casting guy reach out to him so he ended up playing the character no uh he, he came in to do it which it was it's one of the weirdest like full circle things uh being in the studio like the studio zoom call with this guy going i can't believe a he's a great actor and and uh but b he, like to have the guy play the play the character who inspired the character is just, it just never happens so yeah. it's it really fun how what is a character i think you mentioned one of them just a, a moment ago that you're going to be voicing but what is a character from the book that you most identify with is is that the guy that you're uh, going to voice <laughs> um i i mean i think i identify with him somewhat um you know probably it, it's funny it changes depending on what i have for breakfast there's a little <laughs> bit of me in all of the all of the characters and um and and i there are moments with the, even the bad guys you know like there there's struggles that all of them have that i i'm very familiar with well our time is running near to its end its close but tell us tell our listeners what is next i mean you have your hands in so many different things but what is coming up on the horizon for for you and your team yeah your ministry um, that, that's a, a good question. There, there's, well, there's, first of all, there's this book that's coming out, which is really fun. Um, and then, uh, of course, you know, steadily working on um, season two, um, heading for that release, the Christmas tour, Behold the Lamb of God, um, which is something that we, this will be our 24th annual wow. tour. Isn't that crazy? That's so crazy. 24 years we've been taking this show on the road and uh it's just a great joy it's it's like a, a family reunion every year all these friends get back on the bus and we tell the story of of the incarnation of christ and it, it, it's one of my favorite things in the world and then the easter tour will be right after that um and yeah just doing stuff you know yeah and, and you said you're dropping singles whenever yeah, I'm not dropping singles so much as writing songs and, and kind of stacking them up so that oh. I can go back into the studio at some point and record them. Yeah. 
Well, in closing, this book, you know, is it for anybody to pick up or does this need to be like for the people that have finished the, the Wing Feather Saga? Who, who can read this book? Uh, it, it, it is especially for people who are fans of the saga already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure. That's a good question. I'd be curious to talk to somebody who read it without knowing what was going on. But it's just so fun to me that like the you know, the, the publisher is excited. There, there are a few more of these ancillary books coming out and all of them kind of pour into building the world, the structure around the world of the wing feather saga. So I would say, yeah, definitely read the books first and you'll enjoy this more then. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, awesome. Andrew Peterson, singer, songwriter, author, how can our listeners uh, find your work online or follow you? Where would you send them? Social media. Yeah, just uh, andrew-peterson.com. You can get to the rabbit room, the ministry that I founded. And then, uh, and the Wingfeather Saga and tour dates and the whole thing. Yeah, it's probably the best place to go. And I'm glad you brought up the Rabbit Room. That is kind of an artisan's place to be. Can you give us a little glimpse of what yeah. the Rabbit Room is all about? So it's a, it's a ministry that uh, exists to like draw attention to good work and, and encourage uh, encourage community through art. And so the you know we try to cultivate um, and curate good stories, good art, good music. Um, to nourish com communities, um, Christ-centered communities, but in order to kind of feed the world um, what it's hungry for, which is um, the truth beautifully told. So, so it's actually a forum where people can go on and, and kind of... Um... Yeah, it's a lot of things. It's it's funny. It's it, it's a lot of things. It's confusing okay. to us too, in some ways. <laughs> uh, but the yeah, there's a uh, there's a website, but we ha we have conferences. There's one here. There's one in England that we do. Uh, it's a press, so we publish uh, a lot of really beautiful books. Um, we there's a there's a house in Nashville that's kind of a gathering place called Northwind Manor, where we host lectures and concerts. Um, there's a, it's a whole ecosystem uh, th that exists to kind of, you know, one of the things we say a lot is art nourishes community and community nourishes art. And, uh, and the church is the garden where those things grow the best. Love that. And thank you very much for being with us today on His People. Good to be with you. Thanks, Patrick. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, Andrew Peterson. The website Andrew mentioned for the Wing Feather Saga animated series is angel.com, and his own website is andrewpeterson.com. Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's Lee Pitts training students to be salt and light in the media. We often find one of the things that we challenge our students with is, as Christian journalists, they feel like they should only have to cover, you know, rainbows and lollipops and, and they don't think it's a Christian thing to do to cover brokenness, but the Bible is full of chronicling of, of brokenness, but also showing how how God, you know, worked through that brokenness to achieve, you know, uh, redemption and, and, and renewal. That's tomorrow at the same time, right here on His People. Thanks for listening. <laughs>